Hey everybody, welcome to Stuff Said, the show where I, Greg Shegel, a cartoonist, talk to people in the worlds of comics, cartooning, and beyond. This episode is one of the now traditional biannual group shows where I sit with my fellow cartoonists, Jacob Shabbat, Chris Giruso, and Brian Smitty-Smith, alphabetically, and we talk about something. Sometimes it's current events, sometimes it's a, a thing I've had on my mind, and, and that's what you're going to get today. Slightly different format this time as I'm doing an introduction. In the past, we just roll right into it, record it live, and present it as is. This one was is a different show. I'm doing this intro. There's some musical transitions. I hope you like those. Trying something new. I like it. We'll see if you do. I want to give you a little bit of context for this one. In the past, we record this in the comfort of my home, and I can control the sound. I can control all those aspects, uh, but I have had no air conditioning for just over a week now, and that is not comfortable for anyone, especially if I have to close a window to eliminate street noise and that sort of thing. It would be unpleasant. So recorded elsewhere, so you might hear some sirens in the back, and you might hear that because... When I got to the second location, we're setting up the recording. Turns out the audio interface I use, which is the device that I plug the microphones in that then plugs into the computer, was not working. So it was a series of, of tribulations. But we, we soldiered on. We sat around my laptop. We recorded without microphones. You'll probably be able to tell the difference if you're paying particularly close attention. But you might not care at all. I notice it, but I'm nuts about the audio quality of these things. So yeah, you'll hear some sirens maybe, or you might not hear them. You may not, you know, depends where you're listening to this. If you're listening to this in a siren factory, it's not going to matter. Uh, and yeah, we, we talk about a bunch of stuff. There's one topic that sort of looms large over the whole thing. And if you're interested in playing some sort of drinking game, which I'm not saying you should, but I'm saying if you're interested, uh, keep an eye out for... The phrase hashtag, the phrase measures of, and the word pigeonhole, and variations on that, because those words get repeated a lot. So without any other prefacing, uh, here's here's the, here's us talking to you, or talking to each other for you to hear. Okay, now, enjoy. No, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm no, reading I'm, like hardcover. But I didn't like sketch that you wanted to. You guys, you know how I feel about sketching in general for people. Like every sketch I give to somebody comes with like a tear down my cheek because I've disappointed them so, so. But that, that, like, that's mostly in different situations where you're doing it out like free of the general public who well, have no idea what they're so getting So if into. all of a sudden I have to like, if it's a service I'm providing, like, hey, here's $10, draw me something, like I... I would just hide under the table. I, I would feel so bad about having to take somebody's money for that crap. But I think if they're going to go as far as to pay you, they know what they're getting into. Not a surprise. I think it would also be useful in convention circumstances to have samples of what your stuff looks like so right. people know what they're... I mean, free comic book day is a whole different yeah. can of worms. Nobody knows what they're getting. It's yeah. a crapshoot. Now, before we keep talking, can everybody just one by one say your name and like something so we get the sound of your voice so people will register... Who's talking? I'm going to go first. I'm Brian Smith. Smitty. All right. I'm Chris Geruso. <laughs> I write and draw G-Man. I'm Jacob Shabbat. Oh, You're going to have to talk like that for the whole rest of the thing. Okay. 
<laughs> All right. So you were talking about sketching. No, just in general. We, you guys do a lot more sketching at conventions. You're much more attuned to what people expect or whatever. And I'm just like a... You guys are touring musicians. I've but said this before. I'm like a studio musician. But there's no way to know what anybody expects because some people want you to draw them as Wonder Woman or no, Superman. No, I would never do that. I don't like doing that either, but people expect that to happen at the comic book. You can only say no, too. Yeah, yeah, Like, sometimes you can't. Like, remember Mocha? <laughs> you watched me say no, like, yeah, over and true. over. What did somebody ask you to draw? Just bullied me into, like, drawing stuff for them. Here's money. Draw this. <laughs> no, but what, like, what were you so opposed to drawing? I, I just didn't want to draw just, just anything because I didn't have time. Oh, okay, okay. So it wasn't like the, the request itself. Or, no, no. I mean, it wasn't the, the substance of the request. There it was the request. Their requests were pretty reasonable. They were, you know. But it was just like, just a cash. Take it. I mean, I guess if you just... I'm not, I'm not really exaggerating. <laughs> I you know. Were, you were there, right? Yeah. Okay. I guess if you just keep saying no, eventually, it's just a battle of wills, yeah, right? What, what was wrong with the no you gave them? Why, why didn't they believe that at your word? Probably. <laughs> That's a good question. Probably because of the way we like no and like nodding the whole time. No, <laughs> were you holding up a sign like ignore the no, like, ignore ignore the words? Yeah, did you give an emphatic no? Were you like, yeah, I'm not really doing sketches today. Uh, like, did, was there a waiver? Was there? Were you convincible? Apparently, well, yes. Was I convincible? Yeah, apparently you I, were. I was not convincing, but I was convincible because they convinced me. Oh, you're going to draw this thing. No, yeah, I want to see a uh, cover of an Invincible cover. Invincible number one with you, like, drawing. This is convincible. I don't think you're going to see that. Like, you're up against that, bri- you're up against <laughs> that brick wall with a pencil. See, if you badger him enough, he will do it. You've already established that. <laughs> it's you up against a brick wall with a pencil and just, like, shadows moving over you. Like, come on, draw for us. And it says convincible. You're like, no, like a whimpery, I don't really think I can. Invincible. <laughs> That's it. Fan art. Somebody work on that. What is we're all very aside, we're all very busy. From, yeah. Aside from Mocha, like for the most part, like somebody comes up to you at a convention and say, "Hey, can you draw G-Man?" Of course, I can draw G-Man. Here you go, G-Man. Perfect. Money exchanges hands. You're done. Well, no, I, honestly, I, I feel the same way you, you describe the way you feel, and that I tend to feel like I'm not doing a good job with these. Right. And so I don't feel comfortable with the whole situation. Amazing. Though. Because it all looks great. Well, then, and then you go on eBay and you see stuff like somebody's like, somebody just pointed out there's some sketch covers up uh, on eBay right now, like insane amount of money, like way more than I ever charged. Yeah, stuff I did. It was either free or like super cheap at like a comic shop or something. But that guy's never going to sell those. No one would ever buy them. Do you check back to see if they sold? Well, I have been because this just recently came up. Okay. Why don't you just buy them? Show him. It's a show him deal. what's up. I'll show you. Yeah, show remember, him what's up. Hey, remember, remember how I did these free sketches for you? Well, now I'm going to give you money. <laughs> exactly. I think that happens to everybody. Everybody's sketches get, they attempt to flip them. Yeah, but these you're, sketches you're just are just like, particular. Thin. I, I feel like these were ones that I did not charge anything or very much for because they were like, because of the context of the set. Sure. I was like, All right, I'm charging like way lower than I normally would. Right. Yeah. But again, he's never gonna, never gonna sell. Nobody will ever spend two hundred bucks on a sketch cover with one figure on it. What's, that I've what's drawn. the figure? Deadpool. They might. People love Deadpool. There's this one. There's like um, connecting covers. One's like it's on uh, two different 
Superman and Wonder Woman, number one sketch cover, whatever. Superman's on one side, Wonder Woman's on the other. Oh, clever. connect. Nobody likes those characters. No. It's got to be Deadpool. I don't think anyone's going to... Deadpool or bust. (laughs) This all started because there's a guy that bought a Deadpool sketch from me, was selling a Deadpool sketch, and I was like, okay, this guy's not trying to... He's not getting away with anything, and he just wants his money back, maybe a little bit more, whatever. So I I posted... Hey everyone, oh. here's a sketch. Buy this sketch because I'm oh. not doing commissions. Buy this one. That guy can't even sell it. Oh, I thought you opened up a floodgate. Now everybody's asking you to. Hey Chris, I got a sketch up. Can you tweet yeah. about it? No, no, because I led with I do not do commissions anymore. If you want a Deadpool sketch, here's how you can get one. Wait, when did you stop doing commissions? I don't know. Like, Oh, well, that doesn't count like convention appearances. And yeah, stuff I'm just like talking that, about right? like at home. Like somebody emails you, hey, draw me Batman. Yeah. Please. Well, if you're lucky, you get a please. Yeah. That's right. true. Thanks for clearing all that up, man. You're welcome. Thank you. And the, 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 the listeners, thank you. <laughs> of course they do. I feel like we could cut the last 10 minutes. You're going to say that every 10 minutes. I feel like every 10 minutes right, you're going to well, say... let me start my watch. The last 10 minutes was terrible. I thought the last 10 minutes was great. Also, it wasn't 10 minutes. It's been seven minutes. When was the last time we did this for real? December. All right, so... Well, yeah, you're, you're saying this because you're gearing up for the special edition, which is yeah, this weekend. Yeah, it's yes. coming up this weekend. Jacob, you, you and Jacob have a table at... Me and Robo, Robo Jacob are doing, <laughs> doing special edition. Yeah, I'm, I'm, complete, I'm completely burned out, so I'm, I am not going. Okay. Good, man. You do you do more shows than anybody I know. And I know everybody. There's a lot of people. Yeah. There's a lot of shows. So, yes, yeah, so we haven't done this since December. And, yes, it has flown by. Yeah, because I in, feel like we just sat down to do this. In ways that... Well, we also were just at Free Complicate Day, where we pretty much did this all weekend yeah. without anyone recording it. Right. And that was a, a massive success yet again. Free you, Comic Day. You made, you made, what, what's the success of Free Comic Day for you? What, what defines that? What makes I, Free Comic Day successful for, for you specifically? For me specifically? You gave away a lot of free comics. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like how is it success for you? That's the question. You made a lot I of talk sales to a lot of people, which yeah. I never get to do because I don't do a lot of shows. I get to hang out with some really cool people yeah. the whole time. Uh, the food is generally really good. Uh, I got to sleep. You didn't get sick, I think, is really the big success oh, I story. Did, I did not concuss myself. Yeah. And I didn't, uh, yeah, I didn't get horribly ill just from, like, you know, talking to people. Yeah, maybe it's because you finally stayed with somebody who uh, maintains a, a living space. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen, no, I've seen your living space. They're not in a hotel, though. No, oh, my yeah. living space is at home. Yeah. It's a disaster. Yeah. It's a definition of non-success. Yes. Where I live. Horrible. Well, I think success in that regard is just... Going, surviving, time, and wanting to go back after it's all done, you know. Yeah, it, they make it so that you have fun while you're there. For those of you yeah, who yeah. don't know, we go to Acme Comics in Greensboro, North Carolina. They know. Well, who doesn't? Maybe they don't know. Uh, they're yeah. going to figure it out. You're assuming that every single person that listens yes. to this is a repeat listener, and that of this course. isn't somebody's first podcast. That would be great. I wish this was somebody's first. If this is your yeah, first well, podcast, every podcast is somebody's first podcast. Yeah. If this is your first podcast, I want to know. That this was the first one you listened to. Sure. Because this is different than every, you know, we do this twice a year. Yeah. More often than not, it's me talking to one other person, getting into it, digging deep. Yeah. Tears. Yes. Tears. Oh, speaking of comic book stores. 
there's a brand new comic book store that just opened up in Montclair, New Jersey, called Eastside Mags. That sounds like they sell uh, naked lady magazines. Or, or guns. No. Or guns. Oh, like yeah. magazines for guns? No. I went in there. The name, I didn't recognize it as a comic book store just from the name. Or I magnets, went, too. Maybe they sell magnets. But, like, it was so funny because I was walking. Yeah, true. I was walking by the store, and I'm like, what is that? That's new. And I looked in, and there was, like, comic books everywhere and stuff on the walls. And all of a sudden, it's like I'm, like, five years old, like, knocking on the glass, like, nose pressed up against it, wanting to get in. And the guy's, like, looking at me, like, we're not open. We no, no, no. I make comic books. I make comic <laughs> books. <laughs> so are they open now? So the dude lets me in. Oh, I, yeah, don't okay. even, I don't even remember the conversation. Guy named Jeff Beck. Wait, that got you in? Not the guitarist. What? That got you in. That succeeded. Yeah, well, I'm, I make comic books. Oh, come right in. I'm, I'm like, I come think right in, sir. It's either like this is a crazy person and we need to establish who this is now before we're open so we can put his picture on the wall and make sure he doesn't come back. Or maybe this guy is legit. But I proceed to just like, Oh my god, this town's been uh, I've lived here all eight years. I need a comic book store, and there's finally a comic book store here. I'm so excited. I can walk here, I'll burn around the corner, I make comic books, blah, blah, blah. You guys look at me like I'm nuts. How many omnibuses do you have at this store? I probably have more. <laughs> yeah, I think I have more omnibuses than this guy. But I was pretty sure that after I left, like, he thought I was nuts. And then I came back like, a couple days later with a bunch of my books to show that I actually do make comic books. I'm very excited. Was, did he ask for ID? Because, I mean, you could say, hey, look, I need these books. That's yeah, true. Okay. It was the Kirby Artist Edition. Yeah. Like, hey, look, it's, <laughs> it's the Great Gatsby. I made some of my work. Here's some of my stuff. Here's a Fantastic Four number one omnibus. I wrote and drew this whole thing. No, but I'm excited. I'm, I'm glad there's a comic store opening in my town. And it's in a good location, a lot of foot traffic. Hopefully, it'll be busy and successful. You'll start doing free comic book day there. No. Are you just going to hang out there every day now? No. I haven't been <laughs> back yet. I didn't want to seem like, uh, you know, too over anxious. But you are anxious. Yes, I am. You're very excited about this <laughs> oh, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, you gotta play it cool. Come on, man. Pretend you don't like them for a while. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah maybe I'll stop by. I don't know. Maybe. Act like you don't need it and you get it for free. That's swingers. right. Swingers. Yeah. Hashtag swingers. Yeah. Cleaned up for TV. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but either way, like if, uh, if the store is doing well, like maybe we could all go there one day and do a signing or something and not sketch for people. It's entirely <laughs> possible. <laughs> I would just like to say, I don't think we ever actually said that we go to Acme Comics in Greensboro, North Carolina. Yeah, I, I think we did. I did, yeah. yeah. Oh, you did? I yeah. made a point of saying that. Yeah. And oh, I okay. kind of talked over it and then made jokes. And then I said, like, maybe some people don't know. Maybe it's our first podcast. All right, and then, then I said, you, if this is your first podcast. We get to hang out with Jermaine Exum, yeah, yeah, Stephen Mayer, yeah. and his wonderful wife, Carly. Yeah, that's we, it. That's we, three we <laughs> You name dropping Riley guys? Till. Just, just yeah. dropping oh. some names. You're gonna see the problem. You went down the bad road because you're going to forget someone. Yeah, that's it. And then like that's all the people in Greensboro, North Carolina. All right, here we'll talk about this with respect to Free Comic Book Day. And after the show, uh, they had blocked an hour or so for me to hold court, as it were. So I I did an impromptu talk show with me and Jermaine Exum. And a very interesting point of contention <laughs> came up in this in this conversation, which is we were playing some games. One of them was a. Uh, oh, don't make me live this again. No, no. <laughs> this, this, this will spin us into something else. Okay. Right. Uh, we we're playing some games. We we're playing a version of the pyramid, and and a, a an opinion came up in the conversation that the penciler's work is less important than it is given credit because what you see on the final page is the inks. I believe this is an idea I first heard Dave Sim espouse. Is like the art is what's inked on the page, which is a different argument than it is different because yeah. he's also the penciler. Yes, but 
what this turns into is the conversations after the fact. And a lot of it was about who has a certain amount of experience in this business, who doesn't, who has, who has a footing to stand on to say certain, like the, the person who said this opinion about pencilers, it's a very young kid saying this. We're all old dudes at this point. Oh, man. Come on, man. <laughs> Think about this. We're old enough where we all started in comics before the year 2000. Yes. Right? It's now 2014. Right. So we're nearly 15-year vet- veterans. In some cases, we are 15-year veterans of this, of this thing. When you consider the other people at, at Free Comic Book Day, Joe Quinones, Maris Wicks, Erica Henderson, Randall Trank, who's like a kid... They're all young. They're all like 30 or below. Are you going to list a bunch of examples that are going to be mind-blowing about how old yeah, they are now? Yeah, this is a BuzzFeed uh, upworthy I list. Have, I might have started working in comics pre the year 2000, but I was born in 1999. <laughs> so, born again. Yes, yes, I'm a veteran, but also young blood. Or Yale Stewart, who's he's, he, he's not 30 yet. Like, there's a bunch of people there that aren't 30. Right? And then there's all of us who are... Also not 30. Yeah, but we're like way past 30. <laughs> Again, this might all be stuff that is circling around in my head as I careen, in, as I careen towards 40. Yeah, yeah, cool it, Gramps. But we all have a, a, a wealth of experience and, and work behind us, yes. whether people realize it or not. So it makes us seasoned, if nothing else. I mean, yeah, I'm going to say, plenty of people have been working for a long time that don't know anything, and there's a lot of young people that... Know plenty. Yes. Yes. But the question is, as we've been seasoned, and we've been doing this for a while, and sort of see where other people are, because that's what we do, whether we we try not to to measure against anybody else, but we do. I want to take stock of where we are, what we wanted. I want to talk about success, the measures of success, how far are we... None of us are. I, I, look, none of us are where we want to be. I, I don't think. think so. If right? we were, that'd be pretty boring, right? Right. We're all reaching for something. Yeah. yeah. Who wants to be where they want to be? Nobody. Well, if you're already there, then what else you got to do? But at the same time, somebody could say, "Well, you've been working in comics for 15 years. You are a success. Sure. You've done it. Right. That's more, I think, endurance than success, I, or or drive. You know. I guess. So 97, let's say back in 97, 98, 99, what were all of us, what was the goal? What were you reaching? Like, what did, what did we all want? Well, I wanted to work at Marvel. Right. You know, that was like a big driving thing. I interned there all during college. Once I got out of college, I had some jobs, but I really wanted to work there in the building. But to what, like, what would have been Brian Smith in 1997, what would have been success to you? Probably getting that job. Like, getting to work as an editor at Marvel, that was, like, a big deal to me. Even though I'd studied illustration and I wanted to do cartooning and stuff like that, like, that was where my goal was. So you wanted to be an editor and be an editor for a long haul? And, and Yeah, or at least as long as I could, you know, as long as it was still fun, I guess. You don't really think about that when you start, but, like, after a while, it's... Like, I did. I did. <laughs> oh. I, I, like, I don't think I got into it knowing that I, I was going to get out of it at, at a certain point. Like, this has got a shelf life. I think I got into it just... Wanting to be there. Interesting. And that for as long as I did. Uh, I went in knowing I was going to leave. Huh. 
Like, I'm like, I'm going to do what I can here to set myself up to be a cartoonist, writing and drawing comics. Right. You know, for a long time, the goal was, you know, to do work at Marvel or DC. See, I never really thought that works, though. Like, uh, it's a very rare case where, like, you become an editor, and then all of a sudden you become, like, a in-demand writer or artist of the books that you formerly worked on as an editor. Sure. Not, like, in the last 10 years, yeah, but I think the 10 years before, leading into, like, when we came in. Well, that was actually sure. relatively common, I think. Howard Mackey and Larry Hama and those guys. Yeah, sure. Reed Simonson. Yeah. There was definitely people that started there and then left and had thriving freelance careers right. for a long time. Sure. Some of them still still do. Yeah. Uh, and then growing up, I think a lot of us all grew up with these guys who were writing and drawing their own books. John Byrne, Walt Simonson, Alan sure. Davis. So that, in my mind, was the goal. Like, to be one of those, Mike Mignola, mm-hmm. you know, get into a position where I was doing that. Make a mark on a book and then go do my own thing. Right. Was always my goal to eventually be self publishing or, or making my own stuff. Jacob, what was your what was young Jacob's goal? Uh, I guess the small short term one was just to get paid to draw things. All right. What was the big one? But largely for me to write and draw my own stuff. Always your own stuff. Yeah. Like I never wanted to draw Spider Man or anything like that. I mean, it was fun to do on my own, but like not right. that was never a goal really. Interesting. Interesting. Chris? I wanted to do comic strips, like newspaper comic strips. Right. Um, maybe comic books. Like, I, I, you know, I don't think it's a stretch to see how those two things are related. What? But like you said, uh, just, same, same as Jacob. Like, I always like, looked at it as, well, I'd have to be my own stuff because I knew that I was limited talent-wise. Nobody was going to give me a job to do Spider-Man or Wolverine. That. So yeah. like maybe like a junior high, that's what I wanted. But by the time I was like graduating college. Right. Once you're once you're knowledgeable and you've done your internship. Yeah. You've seen that you've seen inside the behind the curtain how that place works a little bit. But then I knew, you know, I'd never been in an environment that had anything to do with the stuff that I wanted to do. So the Marvel internship was like a no brainer. Like right. obviously I'm, it's not gonna lead to me writing or drawing a book at Marvel, but I figured I'd learn something. And somehow wind up on a on a path to learn how to draw better. So then, in the course of going towards your our, all of our respective goals, like we all you all learn, you know, we learn things along the way that maybe change the course of where we're going or sure. affect the path we're on. So, for example, Chris, you wanted to do comic strips in the newspaper, so you you get an internship at Marvel Comics. I feel like that alone could completely shift. Aside from the fact that you end up getting a job there. Yeah, like it must. There must be something that shifts your brain to go. All right, I'm not going to put a packet together and send to syndicates. Like, did you ever do that? Yeah, I did that. You did. Yeah, we already talked about this on the podcast from three years ago. We, we might, we might have, but yeah, I, I put something. It was terrible. Is there any news on that? Any updates <laughs> from three years no. ago? No. Yeah, but again, come back? like that was at the time when like the, the market was already shrinking back then. I mean, you know, it's it's laughable to even suggest getting a syndicated newspaper strip now. But even back then, it was like it was clear that if, if the market wasn't, it was certainly not growing, Yeah, and it was, but it was shrinking. So there's no real, that combined with my lack of talent meant like, okay, this isn't going to so go anywhere. I don't, I'm, I, just, I, I'm just I saying. Say, it's not a lack of talent. I would, I would say that's the wrong word to use. It's maybe a lack of range. Like, you know, you, you do one thing, you do it very well. I, would, I wouldn't even say that. I'd say, I think what Chris is talking about is ability to draw. Right? At the time that I sent yeah. that stuff out. And I'd say it's just a lack of practice. 
Well, sure, sure. Yeah. I think it's a lack of good looks. Oh, well, don't say that. He's got, like, facial body dysmorphia. 15, look, 15 years ago, I wasn't that bad looking. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, you want to talk about how old we are. Let's talk about how good looking we were 15 years ago. I think I'm better looking now than I was 15 years ago. Speaking of comic strips, did you guys see that Bill Watterson, like, yeah. drew, like, three strips of... That's pretty good. Happy yeah. to avoid it. Everyone's talking about it. That's crazy. On the street. On the podcast. On, on this podcast. Yeah. All right. So you were, you were saying, Chris. I think it's safe to say I draw better now than I did. 10 I years think we ago. all do. Yeah. All right. So and then like so my earliest stuff. Okay. Well, back in the Mar- when I'm at Marvel, I was showing the stuff that I did at school, my my newspaper yeah. comic strip stuff to to my editor, and he said if you can come up with something funny. You know, we'll put it in the letters column. Right. And that was, like, the first published. I wasn't paid for anything. It was, right, like, right. basically fan art. Yeah. And then, like, a year later, I was doing the, the bullpen bits. became, like, a regular thing. So that was clearly a seismic shift in terms of, well, this is where the, this is where I'm getting the work. Yeah. Like, this is certainly something I, I, I didn't imagine I would have that opportunity. But right. But as it unfolded, of course, I was going to go with it and get as much out of it as I could. So by that point. wholeheartedly. Right. So at that point, you sort of... Because of the nature of the newspaper business and the comic strip business and the opportunities you were getting at Marvel, you had a seismic shift in terms of where you were going. Right. Did it change your 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 goals, what you now defined as what would be successful? Or uh, what would be a success in the in this scheme? Not so much because I still had in my head like this this is not gonna last. Like I knew that my day even from the very beginning, like I knew that my art wasn't Let's just say, uh, as good as I wanted it to be. Sure. So that Smith doesn't get in my case. No, for that's a better way to phrase it. All right. And from day one... Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, no, what? that was just reflex. I was just getting on again. Okay, so so Zena was the, the original editor, and then she... Uh, I, don't, I don't know what happened, but Matt Hicks became in charge of it. And then he said, all right, listen, they keep telling me that we uh, we shouldn't be putting this in here. So, but we're going to keep on doing this until, like, we absolutely can't do it anymore at all. So I knew my days were numbered from the, from the very beginning. So when that comes up, when you see your days are numbered, do you start to think, well, maybe I should try? Because at this point, Scott Kurtz was doing PVP, right? Uh, he might have been. I, I wasn't aware of him at okay. that point. So you weren't aware of his, his big... For me, it was just get as much out of this as you can. Because I also had the staff job. Right. But, I mean, okay, so taking Scott Kurtz as an example, because he's a guy who... Very came out very upfront and said, "Here's my comic strip. I'm putting it on the web. It's free. Mm-hmm. Newspapers. I'm not doing a syndicate. Like he basically, if I'm if I'm remembering it correctly, yeah. But that's, that was years later. Was it years later? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. does does that, you know, relative to what your initial goals were versus to where you were at that point, does that create a seismic shift in any way in terms of like, wait a minute, I could oh, do a, it was a, comic a, strip. a few years later." Everybody said, why don't you do what Scott Kurtz does? You should do what Scott Kurtz does. But this was still, I was still getting work with Marvel. Right. So I wasn't going to like, all right, just dump this opportunity. Like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to work at Marvel Comics. Sure. Let me go try this thing that, you know, that no one's going to look at. Sure, sure. I, just, I thought that was foolish. So I was like, well, okay, that's something to consider when this opportunity inevitably disappears, which it, at the time I wanted to focus on the opportunity I had in front of me. So all of these things were just really against the odds. Like I couldn't have predicted any one of these turns of, of good fortune for me. Right. But yeah, eventually I had I, I went off and, and uh, because finally Marvel said this just doesn't work. We can't sell it. We make no money. We 
We really like it to work, but it doesn't. But you stayed with comics. You went over to Image. You started doing stuff with Larson. You you stuck to the comic book guns. You never you never switched over to strips. You never went back to that original goal. No. Well, again, if I did, it would have had to have been web comics, and I I, I had the opportunity for the print stuff. Like, mm-hmm. There right. was always like, hey, well, we can do a G-Man book if you want to do. It. We can you can keep putting G-Man strips in the, in the dragon. I guess. I just never had enough time where I had absolutely nothing to do to start from scratch and start a webcomic. If, if I was ground zero, nobody would ever heard of me, I had nothing, webcomics would be the way I would go. You're a smitty now. What? So you were an editor at Marvel for a good clip. Yeah, yeah. We were there together. We were all there together. Yes, that's how we all met. So when did you have a shift? When did your brain go, I want to be drawing, I don't want to do this. This this original goal, I've achieved it. Right. When did the next goal pop up? When did you redefine what success was going to be? I went to school for illustration, you know, and I, I learned to paint and I learned to draw, like, realistic stuff. But, yeah. like, I, I always wanted to be, you know, my, my goal for my own work was always to be, like, a cartoonist. It's just where my interests lie. It's what, like, I was excited by. I read a lot of that stuff. So uh, that was always like bubbling in the back. But after getting out of college, I had never like not had a job before. Like I worked all through college. I worked before, like when I was in high school and whatever. And the the notion of freelancing was just super daunting. The story is so boring. Chris <laughs> Russo just got up and left. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> anyway, so here's the good stuff. Yeah, no, yeah. Stuff. No, it's like you know for, to go from like college and it's a routine and like you show up nine to five and like everything is there and all of a sudden you have this prospect of like okay well now i'm out of college and what do you do as a freelance illustrator is you stay at home and hunt for jobs all the time that's a ton of work sure you know it's like a job interview that never ends and we're all pretty much in that boat right now but like i just mentally was not ready to take that leap like i wanted something more stable i wanted to have a job right but once you were at marvel and you've yeah. been doing it a while when did it when did it sat like I guess sour might be the wrong word. But when you realize this isn't the goal, this isn't what I want to be doing. Because yeah. you know, you said that that was it. You wanted to work at Marvel, and you were. Yeah. No. No. And like you know, after a while of doing that, you just kind of have to course correct. I guess like you realize the track you're on. Okay. Say I keep doing this for longer. Where is this going to lead me? To right. another office with more headaches and doing, getting further and further away from the stuff that I actually enjoy doing, which is like talking to writers and artists, right? And being a part of the process. Was there a specific event that that? Created this? No, it's like it's cumulative. No, yeah, cumulative. Really, I mean, like we had been through what several rounds of like layoffs and restructuring and in and out of bankruptcy and like it was a that one period of time from like the late nineties to like two thousand three. Yeah, that was a pretty rough patch, you know, yeah. just at Marvel in general. And uh, I was not like the same person. I was not the same like upbeat, happy guy that I was when I started. Just because the, the work is tough. It's, it's a grind. It really is, you know. just realized I had to get out of there and do something else. But still, like, I wanted to get back into drawing and writing and doing stuff that, like, my confidence in those areas were just after having worked with, like, all these guys at Marvel and, you know, you're working with the best writers and artists in the world, you know, that do comics. So, yeah, I'm not that good. So, like, I'm going to go. I, I just had to get out of the building. I'm going to go work for Nickelodeon. For yes, here. you did. Was their character art manager. Did a bunch of that junk. Sort of the same job. Sort of. Yeah. yeah. But, like, again, like. Instead of dealing with like, you just know, paid better. Yeah, much much better. That's yeah. <laughs> you know, I guess that's part of the thing with comics. Though, like when you want to work at comics, they know like there's a million kids that want that job. So 
the like the prestige or whatever the, the cachet of having that job, they kind of weigh that against your salary. Well, it's interesting that nobody, as a as a measure of success, said, you know, making money. I think we're all too realistic to realize it. Like, <laughs> but I'm saying even at even at 25, 26, yeah. you did say getting paid. But even at 25, none of us said, like, I want to be rich making comics. I want I think, to be Jim Lee. Well, I think yeah. there's a certain, a certain, like, there's an implication that you'd like to make a living doing this. Yes. Not make a living, though. I'm saying, like, there are people whose goal it is is to make a lot of money, to be rich. I think that is a goal of mine. Well, sure. I, I think I'd like that to happen. You like, you like to make more money? Of course. We all yeah. would. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Jacob has a good point. Yeah. We would all like to make Yeah, but when money. I asked what your, like, ultimate definitions of success were, nobody said to be rich. I think the ultimate... But I think that's also implied. Like, who wouldn't want to be rich? Yeah. Who's like, no, I, think, I, I don't think, want to be rich. I think there are people who say... That is not unique to anybody at this table, but in general, outside world. I think there are people who would say, you know, if I just got to do my own thing and, you know, feed myself and support my family, that's it, that's fine. And if you that's said success. to them... And if you I said feel like them, a success. And if you said to them, yeah, but would you, like, if you could make an, an extra million dollars a year, would you... I'm not saying, are you suggesting they say, about, no, I don't want that. No, action. I'm talking about what people's, what, what the goals are, what the, like the, the, the dreams are. Right. But like, Some people literally dream of. All right. In, I'll, like, I'll be the first one to admit it. I do dream of being rich. Sure. Yeah, I, I think yeah. it would be fantastic. Yeah. I think also that threshold like, has to increase as you, as you progress yeah. in life. Well, sure. Like, if you're talking like creative success, like success in comics. The ultimate success is taking something out of your head and putting it in somebody else's head. Like something that doesn't exist anywhere in the world except for up here. Yeah. And all of a sudden that person knows what a scapegoat is or what G-Man is or what the Skullboy Army is. Or right. That's a success. You, that's the ultimate success is awareness of what you're doing. And like you're, you're actually making something that somebody knows what it is. Now, all right, let's go. That's good. Monetarily... I want to have a plane made of money. But let me ask you, okay. So to, to, the, to the creative success thing. I can make an airplane out of a dollar bill. Sorry, let me correct that. I would like a life-size plane, solid gold. Okay, here's the question. Okay, to the creative success thing. This is good. Have something in your brain go into somebody else's brain. Sure. You can do that by me telling you about picks. Now it's from my brain to your brain. It's done. So... Audience, mm-hmm. how big an audience is is would be like? Do you want something to be Mickey Mouse, SpongeBob sure. SquarePants? Yes. Or Invincible. I, I think or, I would shoot for Mickey Mouse. Well, I think I think Invincible wants to be Mickey, Mickey Mouse. Yeah, I don't think they're satisfied with where they are, even though they've you know achieved a great level of success within the comic sphere. But I think right. most everybody wants to burst out of that comic sphere. It's like a couple of weeks back, like. All this stuff, I am comics, and like, you know, it's this weird, like, notion where you have to define what it is or explain your position on everything in comics. I don't know if I want to be a part of that comics. I want out of that comics. I want to do comics a different way for other people, other than right. the, the one sphere of people where everything is so toxic all the time. Well, then that goes to the idea of, you know, people go out to San Diego Comic Con, and for a long time you'd go out to Comic Con and deal say, well, it's close to LA, producers go down there. Your comic can become a cartoon. This yeah. thing can, and that was a, a med, like, there was a certain degree of success by getting out of comics. Yeah, like doing comics to get out of comics was somehow successful. But that, as creators, that I can identify with that because it builds your audience yeah, up. Like if, if the thing that you created, G Man, Skullboy Army, became a movie for, or a cartoon, like, 
I think that's a fantasy we all share. Sure. What, but what, hap- what about if that cartoon is out of your hands? What, how much is the... Like, if there's an escape cartoon that you have no input in at all. I no, I, I think that they we... do what they want. Yeah, I think we all grew up hearing these stories and understanding how that works. Right. I, I think you... There's just a basic understanding of it. Well, there's going to be some compromise in it or whatever, but it'd still be cool to see my creation butchered on, the, on a movie screen or yeah. a TV screen. But in some way, way, that, like, ensures the success of your comic. Too. Yeah. But that can like, be you know, just the, as toxic as well, anything else. Well, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon. Yeah. When that came Nothing out, like comic, everybody yeah. sure. that had read the comic instantly registered, this is not the same thing. Right, right. But... Take those like it worked out pretty well for because of that guys. cartoon. That property still exists. Yeah, yeah take I'd trade the thirty thousand people thirty that years later the comic versus the million kids of that course. don't know what this is. Of course, and because of that show, that comic book still exists. Yes, yes, and if thirty years get, later. But again, that's clearly the the outlier. That is the anomaly. Savage Dragon had a cartoon. Yeah, but Savage Dragon still exists. Yes, as a comic book, strictly by the will of Eric Larson. Oh, you're saying like the, the, the... IDW is not publishing Savage Dragon comics and having four different Savage Dragon comics. Yeah, that but are at the time there was a Savage Dragon uh, cartoon. There was also a Wildcats cartoon. Right, Spawn. There was the Max. All you know, yeah, all those. Pro- you know, again, those were hot properties because they were comics. But they don't. They don't immediately mean success forever. No. I see. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Like, just yeah. because, like, you know, you've reached that pinnacle, what you think is a pinnacle, it doesn't propel the property yeah, into the public right, consciousness. I'll say, I'll, I'll say this, though. Hurt. I'll like, bet the Max is still being published. I don't think the that those... still exists. Uh, again, by the will of the... Those are creator-owned yeah. things. But they're still possible. Like, these Young books are still selling. <laughs> it's like a... I think it was they wanted to I think all of those happened. cartoons, as, as successful or unsuccessful as you might call them, got those guys some money. Yes. Yes, and so which speaking, dovetails from... So, you know, we were talking before, like, how do you define sex? Sex? <laughs> cut, cut that out. Yeah, a, a separate conversation yeah. with Chris over here. Success defined I'll by... I'll see if I can cut it out. This is a weird recording. Geez. Right. I would like to make more than $0 off my comments. You deserve to so make more than $0. So the idea of... Make, I think it comes along... The idea that comes along with a cartoon deal is... Oh, I might get money if I can make a cartoon. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that was In addition to having created my thing and people see it, I can actually afford rent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, full full disclosure, I I do have a movie deal. Yes. <laughs> That's so true. They are making the stuff of legend movie. That's happening. Yeah, yeah. So no, no, you we'll you see, we'll see what happens. On paper, you have a movie deal. You're a New York Times bestseller. Yes. You've been an editor at Marvel and DC. Yes. On paper, you are the most successful of the four of us. That's not true. By resumes, by virtue of a resume, I, I, I would say tallest? yes. I don't know. We might be neck and neck. I will, we'll do that but later. You have the biggest beard. Yes, for sure. But I'm saying, on looking at a resume, you you might have us all beat. Jacob is an Eisner nominated cartoonist. Yeah, I know. Which means nothing. The measure of success. You say that, though. it gets you. Not for whatever reason, I can say Chris, I, am, so, I am absolutely none of those things you just said. No, but I would say I would say you have the most name recognition out of out of the four of us. Yes, somebody would know your work more than any of us. Yeah, you're a bigger draw. Yeah, you're the most popular whenever at conventions. You'd win a popularity contest for yeah. sure. And then, and you know, for my, myself, I'm like, well, I've worked from home and paid my rent for the past twelve years. Yeah, 
I guess that's a, a degree of success. Sure. But it's on the back of SpongeBob, which I can't claim any ownership of, and I see no reward outside of having been able to work. Right. But it's like, uh, you know, the Uncle Scrooge stuff, right? Yeah. Like, Don Rosa doesn't own Uncle Scrooge, but, like, he's known for doing, like, some fantastic Uncle Scrooge comics. Yeah. But if you read, did you ever read that piece he wrote? About, no, about uh, using his name and yeah, you know, about to like, sell the books. Yeah, what a, what a sad story that sort of ends up being. But I also think like there'll never be other like guys who work on licensed books or like him. Like no one is. Well, I'm saying you guys. Are even, you guys even are him, like I right think, is, is this is he's not Carl Barks. No, but he's no. still he's like second to Carl. Barks. But you guys are like that for SpongeBob for but, me anyway. Like you guys do the best SpongeBob comics. But I think generally, we, thank you. Like we'll be invisible. Yeah, for all time. Well. Well, as in, how, as invisible as Don Rosa. Again, if you read that piece about how the books get reprinted, blah, right. blah, blah, and he gets nothing for it, like, that's what happens. The only thing he's fighting for is that if they're going to use his name, but contractually, like, he's he's not done, you know. Right. He's had a, a, me- a measure of success, but it, it reaches, there's a, there's a wall there. So why doesn't he, does he do his own thing? He always said that he did it because he loved he just loved the ducks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that. Yeah. But, like, yeah, you know, he said, he had, just he had, like a, you know, screwy duck, and, like, it's a whole new thing, and you want it. He said he had no interest in creating his own thing. But he has a lot of interest in complaining about the thing that he worked on? It well, make no, sense I don't think it's necessarily complaining. I think he's just stating the, the facts of the, you know, I think at this point his eyes are, are messed up. And right. He can't really work as much, but he doesn't get residuals or royalties right. on any of the things. So it's it's all been work for hire to the point where now he is... Duckless. Right. He's ducked. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. All right. Totally ducked. And that, that's not to imply that, like, he's complaining. That was yeah, a yeah, harsh, yeah. harsh tone. But, so um, harsh. It's, it's like, well, if you don't like the situation you're in and you don't feel like you're being treated right and you do have that name and that popularity doing that one thing, translate that into something else. Take all those people with you and give them something Which is, like, really hard to do. But he's already got that platform. That's what I'm saying. Like, he's, like... Well, okay. In comic so, circles, I think he's pretty well known as the guy that sure, does the best. But I can say this. So the last time we did this was in December. In the past six months, I've pretty much been working on a book that I'm self-publishing. Yes. This book picks. But the amount of time and energy and just everything involved with doing your own thing sure. is insane. We all know. We all know. It's insane. I mean, well, to the degree where... I'm literally publishing this thing. Mm-hmm. So I've spoken to printers and I've gotten quotes and paper samples and things like that. Did it's, you pick up the book yet? They're showing up tomorrow. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, the, the chapter one previews. Right. I'm still, still five pages to ink of the final book. But somebody who's writing and drawing comics, somebody else is taking care of the, a lot of the other stuff. Right. Printed or edited or, or what have you. Right. So, yeah, the idea of doing your own thing sure. is super appealing. And I can tell you that while I've made very little money this year doing this, I feel very satisfied, despite all the headaches, sure. that it's getting done. Even though with every new step I take forward, I know there's like five more steps that open up. Yeah. Like the field of vision. Like I go over the hill, I'm like, oh wait, there's a bigger hill that's right. next. To the point where at some point I'm going to have these books and then I have to figure out how to sell them. Yeah. Which is horrifyingly scary and daunting and I don't quite know how I'm exactly going to pull that off. But yeah, ideally, success would be being able to do that again and be better at it and keep doing it to the point where maybe I am making some money and I can publish other people's books right. and become a, an actual publisher, which is kind of what I wanted to do when I was 25. Right. And now, 15 years later, I'm finally trying. 
Right. Stuff doesn't happen immediately. Yeah. No, nothing happens immediately. So, to you, Jacob, you've had yes. you've had you've had measures of success. You've had your your creator on thing. You've got Eisner nomination. You've had a publisher pick the book up. Mm-hmm. So where does that put you? Uh, like Chris, I've basically made no money on this in the past ten years. So what do you do with that? Like I know Chris, at one point you tried, you 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 had the notion of maybe trying something in the in the strong bad vein of taking it to the web and doing cartoons and animation. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And that was a that was again that's a difficult climb, man. That is a a mountain that is difficult to scale, especially when most of that mountain is strong bad. It's like that's what everybody knows and affiliates even, with it. Is that still a thing? That's not even still a thing. I know. Yeah. But what it's now it's a reference. Now it's a cultural yeah. reference. If so anything, you can fill that void now. Now the path is clear. No, but the, the the reality is to do any of these things is tremendous amount of work without somebody behind you. Yes. Without somebody giving you a boost to jump that fence. Well, I'm I'm lucky in that regard because I have a, a very supportive wife. You know. Sure. She uh, she's always uh, encouraged me to push forward and do more and you know take more control over what I'm doing. And you have a publisher that publishes your work for the most part yes. third world I think I'd be in trouble if I didn't mention my wife first stuff it's true <laughs> does she listen to this yeah she does does she really yeah okay no no, no. Oh, I don't think you listen to this <laughs> come on so you know for, for those of us that don't have wives and publishers wives and publishers or the publisher is say image comics where you don't make money until it makes money or in your case dark horse comics Jacob mm-hmm. where you get a you get a small advance, I they guess. Made a yeah. toy. They made a toy of Skullboy, and I still didn't make any money. But still, there's a toy that exists. It's, it's natural plastic, a real. But how thing. long can you do this without getting any return on it? So what do you do? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we right now I'm answers. like at that point where I like I don't know like is there any point to keep working on this on Skullboy or on comics? Um. <laughs> Is this the episode? Is this the episode where Jacob drops out? <laughs> drops out of the comic making fraternity? It has it has crossed my mind. The one thing that's I mean, look, you can going. you can get work in storyboard. I mean, that's so many comic yeah, people. I have go, thought about that yeah. recently. Comic book people go into storyboards and they That work. seems to be what most like yeah. indie comic people are doing these days. Yeah, you have you have experience doing that and you're good at it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Oh, for like cartoon? Yeah. yeah. Venture Brothers, I think they produced that here in New York. Right. Is uh, I think Federator is in New York. Yeah. Uh, you know, everything's going on. All those guys. The Houghton Brothers do storyboards. And, yeah, but they're out in California. Yeah, no, but still, but they're, you know. Yeah, Mike Manley. Yeah. Brett Blevins. You know Rodolfo awesome. DiMaggio. Oh, dude, I was just looking. I was about to say that. I just looked at his website for the first time in a very long time. Yeah. That guy is off the charts. He's so good. Yeah, and he left comics. Bernard Chang. All these guys do other stuff. I mean, the trick, though, there is grass is always greener. Yeah. I know people that do storyboards and are in animation. I don't know if it's any easier out there. I mean, there are guys our age, right. going back to this thing, our age in, in animation who are seeing guys like Pendleton Ward or uh, who's the guy, that, all the other folks that are, who does regular show, that guy. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. they're all fresh out of art school. Yeah. Like, they all just got their degrees from Cal Arts or whatever, and they're getting shows. Yeah. And there are guys who have been working on shows, you know, the staff at SpongeBob or the staff at Phineas and Ferb or whatever, who 
they're just they're board guys, and they will be board guys. Like they right. get a, they get an eight minute pilot presentation at some point, and it doesn't go, and that's it. And they are now working for these twenty three year olds who are running shows. Well, I mean, there's a lot more to getting what you want than just being able to do it. You know, it's it's not that simple. If everybody yeah. just got a TV show because they were able to do it, then everybody would have a TV show. It's yeah. Whatever, whatever that weird mixture of you know timing and personality and you know and at this idea point, at the right time at the right place in the right room with the right person on the right day who had the cup of coffee and didn't like you know get his foot run over by his whatever. Yeah, and at this point with access, everybody can have like you can put a show on YouTube. You can have a show. Sure. But is anyone watching it? Wayne's World, man. Yeah, Wayne's World, exactly. Yeah. Is anyone watching it? Do you have an audience? I do this podcast, and I look at the downloads, and I wish I had more people listening to it. It makes me no money. It's all it's all effort. Right. You know, occasional return where somebody says they like it. Somebody actually, you know, knows of it. So you do it because you like doing it. I do it because I like doing it. Right. The, the, the initial idea was I would do it and then use it to promote projects I'm working on, which will probably happen in much more full force next month so everybody can brace themselves for a barrage of fix promotion, okay. which will hopefully work. Yeah. But, again, I don't know. I think Based on the downloads and all that, I have no idea how... Whenever whenever I don't know what to do, like, whenever, like, you know, it's like you look for work, you, you need paying gigs to, you know, to support yourself in the times when you want to do your own work. That's true for everybody, you know, at least to us. Just... You try something, you try something like a scapegoat, and you put it out there into the world. It's a ton of work. You know, you hope it catches on. It was a, like a, a minor success for me, and now I move on to the next thing. You know, it's like if there's, there's, if there's ever a time for more scapegoat, I can go back to it. But that's not going to be it for me right now. So why, why not keep plugging away at a scapegoat and doing more to build a library of it to, to see if it catches? If, you know, if, if the chain is going round and round right. to see if that gear clatches and you can, you can make a go of it. I did... What, like a free comic day issue and then a three issue series. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know how much more, like, if you do another year worth of that, that's just a lot of work yeah. without any guarantee that it's ever going to get any better. So, in my opinion, I think it's better to put something out there. Maybe you catch lightning in a bottle, maybe you don't, but, like, just be prepared to let it go and move on to something else. Like, when did, to use another outlier example, but those are the easiest ones to j- jump on, when did Walking Dead actually start to? To build. Like, it wasn't within the first year, was it? It was? Yeah, I think it was pretty much, like... It wasn't out of the gate. It wasn't a, an enormous success, but it was a sort of thing where, at the time, every book would, like, decrease in orders from issue to right, issue. those were going on. It didn't, it didn't decrease its orders. Or something like Bone. Like, I don't think Bone achieved, like, its pinnacle ultimate success until it was over at Scholastic, right? Until it reached, like, a, a wider audience. I think he had... I think he achieved... Because uh, uh, I think he got his Nickelodeon the, the option with Nickelodeon before it was at Scholastic, right? So but I'm saying, like, it was the, the notable. Between, like kids knowing what Bone is and kids not even knowing what Bone. Well, is. that's a matter of of the power of Scholastic. Of yeah, that's yeah. I think I think Jeff Smith would, and I don't know him, but I would imagine that it was successful of its own. Right. You know, from keeping it going every two months, a new issue would come out. I think there's something to be said for if Walking Dead started as a as a miniseries. Yeah. And then, like, we'll come back to it. We'll do another mini. I don't know if it would have done the same thing. Like, look at Stuff a Legend, right? Like, we do... It's been almost a year since the last issue came out. And the next issue isn't coming out until this Christmas, probably. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that's going to help us or hurt us. Like, is it 
Is it like going to be the people that want to read the ending? Are they sticking around waiting? I think it's close to like books at this point, like waiting for that next Harry Potter book. Like there's a there's a sense of when it comes out, I'm going to get it because I want to see how it ends. Not to compare us to Harry Potter, but like it's that's the only thing I can think of where it's like that much time between you know uh, right. episodes. Or like you know Game of Thrones, like you watch the last season and then you got to wait a year for the next season. I gotta tell you that show. So not to not to turn this into a guys talking pop culture, but that show's moving real slow, and I'm starting to think like, am I going to stick around forever? Really? This thing? Yeah. It just it just slow right. compared to something like like Fargo, which is amazing. We'll get to that. We'll, we'll get to that. That show's the best. So we haven't given up on stuff of legend. We're still doing it. I don't know if like we're losing readers or gaining readers with like the space between issues. But I mean, that was always the, the thing at Marvel. If you missed your shipping week. The, the problem there was somebody would buy something else. So if but, your book is off the shelf... I never understood that logic. Because really? a week later, that same person is going to buy the X-Men comic they wanted to buy the week before. I never bought the last part of Old Man Logan, because it just took so long. I'm like, I don't care anymore. And I'd read all other parts. Right. And by the time it took so... Or, or that, I think it was um, Alan Heinberg, I think, was writing Wonder Woman. Right. And it never ended. And I still don't know how it ended, because I don't even know if, when the last part ever came out. It took so long. Well... You're you're a different type yeah, of consumer. Yeah. I am very different. Yes. Well, no, but, and also he, as you're so uh, fond of, as you're so fond of saying this podcast, you're an old man now. I am. <laughs> Chris, I need to get something to say. Chris, spit it out, buddy. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> wow. Do you want to undo the last ten minutes? Is that what you were going to say? We should we should really stop and. What? 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 You just got mesmerized by something off off screen. I was trying to figure out what that was. Is that a cow over there? We're in a totally different apartment. Did we mention that? No. I was, was going to say it in the intro. We're in uh, Greg's cousin Mike's apartment. I was going to introduce it as saying like it was a weird circumstance. Right. My air conditioner was busted. Greg not reading the end of Wonder Woman. I don't think is a unique thing to Greg. I think if people forget about a thing, because it's, it's not a matter of like oh like I I don't want I don't want it anymore because it's been too long. It's just, you don't even think. Look for it if it's been out of yeah. Because like in right. some way, I felt I was more successful when I was just doing mini comics, like two or three times a year. How so? I don't know. I felt I was getting stuff done, and like it was increasing in the frequency, man. And it was increasing in like popularity and like feedback and excitement stuff. And now it's just died down to nothing. Was like, the last time you did a mini comic? Well, like two years ago. Now, I understand that. I mean, I'm working on this Pix book, and it's going to be done. And there are other things I want to do. So in my mind, the second Pix book won't happen until 2016 or something. At the soonest, and I wonder, like, is that a mistake to not have book come after book, like, just barrel through the next three hundred pages and just get it done and leave the other stuff for later? Mm. Uh, I don't know, but I think there's something to, you know, that musician analogy, where you you write the record and then you tour on it, yeah, and then you go and make the next record. I think there's something to to touring, doing, you know, Reina Telgemeier and Dave Roman do that. They essentially tour and they go around and. They are visible as cartoonists yes. who make books for kids, even if it's years between each book. Although I think Raina at this point is a book a year or something, or book right. every 18 months. Um, I mean, so if you walked into a comic store and that last issue of that one woman story was right there on the shelf, you wouldn't, you wouldn't buy it? I think I did and I didn't buy it. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. That might be unique to me where, like, for example, Jupiter. that's almost like a middle finger to it then at that point. I see you over there. Well, I think, okay, sure. <laughs> well, okay there, was this, there was a book called Infinite Vacation that came out. I retract what I said before about Greg's habits. 
Yeah. Okay, so there was a book called Infinite Vacation that came out. Yeah. And the yeah. first issue was very cool. And the second issue, I think, took, I don't know how long it took. Wasn't there like a lot of photography yeah. in the art? It was okay. a neat premise, though, and it, it was a well-executed first issue. Right. But it was taking so long that I just said, forget it, I'll wait for the trade. Right. The trade might be out, I still never bought it or read it. Okay. I don't even know if the trade is out, because it just fell out of my mind. Or something like Jupiter's Legacy, which each issue, I don't know when the next one comes out. And now, is, that just, is that a matter of like not capturing your attention to the degree where you, you seek it out? Like It's like, oh, if I see it, it was good, I'll, I'll get I don't it know. eventually. I'm not sure. Because there are some comics when I read it, I'm like, zap. Like, I have to go get that when it's out again. Like, i got to go read that right away. Sure. You know? And there's other well, stuff. How, how like, many comics are like that? You say? Far too few. <laughs> yeah, so there's a, there's a limited number of spaces that can be occupied by... Like, oh, I want to follow up on that book, no yeah. matter when it shows up. Right. Right. So if something is slow tomato, it's either catch up or get squashed. Hashtag <laughs> Pulp Fiction. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Come on, tomato. <laughs> yeah. All right? Yeah. I mean, eventually something else is going to... There's so much stuff. There's so much content Yeah. that, you know, I do this podcast, and if somebody's not subscribed to it, they have to seek it out. Like, if yeah. it doesn't pop up in their iTunes, they won't know it's there. So I try very hard to make sure there's a new episode on the 15th, even though I don't even know if people realize that the 15th is when the new episodes come out. Let us know. Don't let me know. I don't care. Like, Greg, now. You say lettuce like lettuce tomato? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Catch no, you said let it snow. Let it snow. Let oh, that'd it be snow, nice. No, you know what? It wouldn't be nice if it was snowing, because that would be too cold. But it would be nice if it wasn't hey, We're in Cousin Mike's apartment. Yeah. Because it's too hot in your apartment? Is that the deal? I have no working air conditioning right now. Right. Yeah. And it's balmy out. Would you say it's balmy, swampy? I would say it's swampy. It's moist. Right. right. Moist. It's not hot. It's not that bad. Ugh. Moist. I would say it's humid. It's, it's oh, damp. That's good. Yeah, damp. Yeah. So... Things you need to know about Mike's apartment. Toilet, tiny. <laughs> it's like the size of like a dollhouse toilet. It's not that small. And also, his toothbrush works fantastic. <laughs> I know. Great toothbrush. I don't think Mike listens to this, but maybe he will, since he knows it was recorded sure. in his apartment. Sure. And I'm wearing his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I, am stealing, awesome. I am stealing electricity from him, though. I got my phone plugged in. We all are. I'll slap a quarter on here. On the table before I leave. That'd be great. I, I, I told him I'd bring the milk, but he never got back to me on what kind of milk they drink. Why would you bring milk as a gift? Uh, what else are you supposed to bring somebody when you go flowers? record a podcast? Oh, no. When no. Not around. no. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, they've milk. been out of town, so I figured they might want milk when they get home oh, for coffee they? or whatever. They're in Florida. How long are they going to be gone for? They get back tomorrow. So we can stay here tonight? Yeah. All right. <laughs> but I was going to supply it so they can come tomorrow and have milk in the fridge. So they can have cereal, just coffee. Straight up drop your bags and milk it up. Yeah, just get down. Get, what if they have cookies on them? Right. From the airplane. Yeah, plain cookies. Yeah, what are they going to do with those cookies? they got to dip them in milk. Right. Guys, this is when simple. I, when, I leave the airport, when I leave the airport, I always have cookies left over in my pockets. I throw them away. Yeah. <laughs> don't I don't have milk. Don't with throw those cookies away. But I... You don't I wouldn't want to, have, like I wouldn't throw them away if I had milk. You don't want to tempt yourself with like bad milk when you get home. So you're like, uh, do I risk it? These cookies are going to make it so hard. Forget it. Get 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 rid of these cookies. Don't throw cookies away, guys. <laughs> Word. I've, I've done it. <laughs>
You've thrown cookies away? You don't yeah, go, I've seen you pull a slice of pizza out of your backpack. That, is that was legend. fresh, though. No, it wasn't. Fresh. Fresh, like two days ago, fresh. <laughs> that was fresh like that. That was, that was same day fresh. That was I believe, fresh. yeah, no, but I believe the rules of food service is that food should not be out of a certain t- temperature gauge for more than two hours before cookies? it came that's, that's you sticking to some cookies rules. Are good, no, man. like cooked, like hot food. Hot you got to get, get away from those rules, man. No, yeah. there was a whole thing when the when the New York started doing the, the grades on restaurants. Like the pizza that's, that's some, out. That's some man's rules, the salamis man. that are hanging. There was like, this is not safe. It's not a safe environment for Jacob, food. You know those things in the, the, high, the hero, the spiral, like, meat thing? You, a gyro, yeah, yeah, yeah. gyros for people. Pull one of those out of his backpack <laughs> <laughs> on the sword. Yeah, 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 and just start slicing it off. And probably been in there. There was like pencil stuff to it. Those one of those big camping bags. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's gross. <laughs> probably smelled real good though. Yeah, it did. <laughs> did you have an extra tube of tzatziki sauce? <laughs> yeah, tube. Was yeah. it a tube? Good. If you're carrying it on a knapsack. Yeah, good point. You probably you you would be prepared for the tube. Yeah, in a, a, a separate pocket. Caulking gun, which I have to pronounce very carefully on this. I think that. There's a whole, there's a big market for like little kids, like for trick stuff, you know. Like if you were to somehow figure out how to put vanilla frosting in a toothpaste tube, and like I don't think that's impossible. No, no, no. But like and sell it to kids, like you know, I'm gonna go brush my teeth, mom, and they're like, nom, nom, nom. Isn't that what that like bubblegum flavored toothpaste is? No, but you can't eat it. (laughs) I think you can. I think kids stuff they make it so like if you swallow it, you're not gonna. No, I'm saying legit frosting, and you call it like you know, teeth cleaner, tooth frost. Yeah, tooth frost. And parents are like, sure, he's brushing his teeth. I think you're wrong about bubblegum flavored toothpaste. Edible. Yeah, I don't think you can eat toothpaste. You're not supposed to eat it. I think when it's the kid stuff, I think they they know that there's a margin of this is going to get swallowed. I think you're wrong. All right, when we're done recording, we're going to go to a local drugstore and we're going to look at the bubblegum, the kid toothpaste, and see what the the measure of swallowability is. The nutrition content? If they list the nutrition content. They list the measure of swallowability on the back of every toothpaste. I think it's like a side of a head. We'll compare those stats. It's like the Pepto-Bismol compare. It's like the profile with like the tube and it just shows you how much you can swallow with like a red line. Right, right. Right. A pink line because it's bubblegum flavored and everybody goes, there's probably bubblegum flavored pink. Somebody probably compared all this on a web blog somewhere already. Of course. What isn't on the web? Or like, you know what else would be good? Cookie dough. Anything that would blow your mind. <laughs> Everything on the web would blow your mind. Cookie yeah. dough in a tube? I think the chips are getting in the way. Well, no. Like, you'd have to mince those chips. Mince chips? Yeah. Or mini chips? Yeah, yeah, sure. Sure. But anything, chip, anything you could put, like, in a gag tube of toothpaste that's, like, really delicious, and then kids would, like, you know, just... Where do you get your gag tubes of toothpaste? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, this... We're all looking for something successful. Break, yeah. What you got to do is break into the candy market, is what you're trying to do. Yeah. Well, I've already tried to break into the trading card market, and that's really tough. Tops never returned my phone call. <laughs> I had toy ideas when I was at Nickelodeon. Yeah. Nobody listened to me. No. I had an idea for a, a modern uh, pet rock that I still think is pretty good, but I just don't, I don't know how to manufacture a product. Right. That's well, a good you're idea. You're not willing to give us this idea on this podcast? Not on recording. Wow. It's too good an idea. Somebody else stole it. So... Like, by comparison, like Mother Earth. Yeah. By comparison, you're saying, like, my toothpaste ideas are garbage because I'm willing to give those out to the world. I'm saying you have a different measure of what you're willing to give away for free. Yeah, so, true. like, in a month, you see these wacky toothpaste tubes. Yeah. Yeah, gag toothpaste tubes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The new hotness. It's going to be good. Next April 1st, everybody's going to just have gag toothpaste tubes all over the place. Mm-hmm. Or something. So we've solved, like, we all know we're all going to be super successful. We figured it out, right? Yeah. 
got nothing. I just, I'm just ready to hear everybody tell me how negative I am after they listen to this. Well, you want to say something positive? Go ahead. Tell, tell me uh, what a great guy I am. Smitty, you're a great guy. Jacob, you, you said that to me? You Jake, believe that? Jacob, you're a great guy too. Greg, you're a great guy. Hey, thanks, buddy. You're a great guy. You're better than you think you are. Um, go ahead. Say something. I got, I got nothing. I mean, does anyone feel like they're turning the corner? Does I feel, anyone feel, I feel like, like I, w- I would like you to delete the last 10 minutes. most of everything I've said on this podcast. No, I'm not going just, to. I just... Well, you have, you have a new thing coming out, though, right? Don't you have some I don't want to talk out? about that. Because you don't want to jinx it or because it's not Both. formal? Okay. Well, whatever. I have something new that I've been working on for the last couple of months. A new comic All with right. my co-writer, Mike Rach on Stuff of Legend. I'm co-writing this and doing the artwork. Called Tree Mail. Yeah. I'm very excited about it. Does it have a release date? Should be out hopefully in September. All maybe, right. Possibly. But uh, I'm doing all the art, coloring it. and uh, It looks awesome. Thanks, man. So maybe when we do this again in December, we'll be uh, toasting Tree Mail. Possibly. But that's to my earlier point. It's like, you know, something else, you know, if the first thing didn't stick, maybe this will. And if this doesn't stick, maybe we try it a little bit longer, see if we can generate that audience. But if not, I'll, you know, do something else. More ideas. Uncle Ann, next. <laughs> That's a, your, your new catchphrase. Yeah. That's like the, the catchphrase that uh, pays. Uncle Ann is yeah. next. Because I was supposed to do that next. Like years, years ago. But I got other stuff. I know. Look, the first yeah. Pix Mini comic came out in 2007. Yeah. I still have five pages left to ink and 80 some pages to color. Oh, and me and Jacob just did the Voltron 30th anniversary encyclopedia stuff. The road that I am. You, yeah, yep. to us. He, he wrote, uh, I wrote it. And sounds, like a, the... sounds like a book that's 29 years late. What? what? You say it should have been the first anniversary? Yeah. Just delete that. <laughs> no, <laughs> explain it, explain it. Well, I'm just thinking, like, how many people are going to, like, want to get an encyclopedia about Voltron? I imagine there'd be more, like, everybody our age that grew up watching Voltron. Yeah. Probably peaked their Voltron interest. Maybe the first year into Voltron being on TV, and that's I think one of been the best time. Yeah, but those, but you didn't have any disposable income to buy into these books. You wanted the there's also not thirty years of history to fill an encyclopedia yeah. with. If you got twenty minutes, you've seen you can see every single episode ever. No, I was yeah. going to ask if this encyclopedia has pictures of the toys and all that stuff. Yes. Okay, so that's what's going. People are going to buy it for those reasons. Right. The reasons I would buy documents. Yeah. Recapping the fictional universe of the Voltron. For the same reason, in my twenties, I bought that Star Wars collected book, which had all the toys, pictures I, of all the toys. I did the stuff. same thing with yeah. Transformers a long time. But yeah. It was like far from complete. It was well, now a horrible book. And now it's like, well, everything's you can just see all these pictures on the internet, so you don't need to really do anything. Which is why when my storage got stole, uh, burgled, and all my comics and all my toys were gone, yeah. as sad as it was. I was like, well, I could have just looked up every G.I. Joe figure on the internet, and somebody's got a picture of them. Not the same. I know it's not the same, but... I'll those out, I'll look at them. When I look at the old three-quarter, or three-and-a-quarter-inch Chewbacca figure, yeah. a nice photo of it... That satisfies your urge. It, 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 the nostalgia hits, right. and I feel okay about it. Gotcha, man. You know, I see Amigo Batman, it's like, yeah, I remember those. Yeah. I don't need to have one. Although I did just order... 
So I, I can't remember the name of the company. They're doing these retro action action figures. Okay. Have you seen any of these? They're designed to look like old Kenner Star Wars figures. Okay. But for different properties. Right. So I ordered the uh, Marty McFly and Doc Brown oh, figures. Oh, that's cool. So they come on like fancy cards? They come on a card. Right. With a design. And a Wolfman. I got a Wolfman also. Oh, okay. So like these pictures exist, but like yeah. there's somehow like a, a desire for ownership thing. I don't know. I, I think because, you know, all the pictures are like not final. So I just want to see it. I want uh, these three things. Yeah. I almost went nuts because they had a whole Pulp Fiction line. Wow, oh, jeez. Of Jules and Vincent and uh, uh, Mia Wallace, right. Butch. Wow. Vincent Vega, the wolf, like all of them. The right. Gimp. The right. Gimp figure. Who's buying the Gimp figure? Somebody. Is there a Marcellus like a... Wallace? Yes. What's in the briefcase? I don't know. I think it's closed. Probably, probably doesn't open. Uh, yeah. But the Back to the Future ones were George, George McFly, Marty McFly, Doc Brown, and Biff. You mean Biff? I just went with the two main guys. Come on, man. It's two more. Because I, I just... Where am I, what am I going to do with these things? I went with the... the Wait, the, so... Uh, um, Elaine? Is that yep. her name? Uh, Jennifer. Uh, Jennifer is Marty's girlfriend. Yes. You're talking about George's wife. George's, George's wife, Marty's mom. Yeah. She's not included? No. Hashtag all women. <laughs> you got it wrong. I know. It's yes, all women. <laughs> I don't even know what you guys talked about. But there's a Mia Wallace figure, so I guess that's... There's a whole Buffy the Vampire Slayer run of them. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. They had some pretty good toys, though, already. Like, I'd be interested yeah, in no, one these of are, red toys. Like, yeah. these are goofy-looking, yeah. like, Star Wars figures. Right. Yeah, so I got a Wolfman, too, because that's, that's my jam. Yeah. You watching Penny Dreadful? No. Oh, Is it on what show? I started watching it, and then I... It's too much stuff. It's been very good. All right, things we're liking. What's everybody liking? We'll do a quick segue into what do you like. I like that Jack Kirby Artist Edition. The thing is gorgeous. I like Mario Kart 8. Everybody's talking about that. Oh, it, Luigi Death Stare that took over the world. Everybody's playing as Luigi now. You guys know about this? Luigi Death Stare? I just know there's Mario Kart 8. About it. There's, this, there's this thing whereby all, the, all the, the characters in the game have like this ability, like when you're like, you know, you hit somebody with a shell or like you blow by them real fast, there's a reaction shot that I could turn and look at the character. But whoever did the Luigi one, the modeler, he just has like this intense like death gaze. He just looks at you like he's he wants to kill you. And people are doing like slow mo shots of it and gifts of it on the internet. Just hilarious. Everything's a meme. Yeah. So yeah, Mario Kart Eight, Jack Kirby. I love this show, Fargo. Fargo's good. We started watching. It's the best. It's so good. Every episode's better than the last one. Yep. It's amazing. It's super good. And I've been listening to this podcast called You Talking You Too to Me. He's Scott Ackerman, who hosts Comedy Bang Bang, and Adam Scott, who's from Parks and Recreation. And they love you too. And the conceit of the show is they're going to go album by album and discuss you too, leading up to the release of their next album. But because that album has been delayed, they're literally just killing time. Right. Until the new U2 album. And Wait, have they already worked their way systematically through all the other albums? They've reached the point where the last episode that went up is they're reviewing, they're talking about Spider-Man Into the Dark or whatever uh, the name Turn Off is. the Dark. Turn Off the Dark. It's so, I mean, when they talk about U2, it gets a little boring because I don't necessarily care about the U2 stuff because yeah. they do talk about it. But each episode is like an hour, an hour and 40 minutes. And they talk about U2 for maybe 30 of those minutes. Right. And it's just these two guys jackassing around and it's very entertaining. There's a show on USA called Playing House. It's also good. It's worth watching. It's funny. Oh, I want to marry Harry? No, not I want to marry Harry. Sorry. 
Do they at every point in The Walking Dead address the fact that like nuclear reactors would all melt down and destroy the world? Like, how is everybody still alive in The Walking Dead? Me and Sarah were talking about that the other day. Like, I understand like everything shuts down, but like these nuclear reactors, like if they do not like continue to maintain their power and get cooled or whatever, they would blow up and well, destroy you, the world. Well, you you got the advantage here of knowing more about nuclear power plants than I, I don't. Do. I don't know much about them. I just know so that you know you more than I do. You can't turn them off. I like your better question at one point. You were talking about The Walking Dead, about how... Uh... Can zombies climb ladders? No. But you, I don't Stairs, think so. Yes. Stairs, yes. Ladders, no. Stairs, Stairs. I think so. Problems with it, but yeah. Problems? They can get I think there, but you had yeah. made the point on the phone once where it's like the zombies like sort of push up against doors <laughs> and like push up against fences and stuff, but they're able to like rip through somebody's flesh yeah, yeah, with yeah. their bare hands. They're like super strong <laughs> when they have to be and super weak. And do they, do they do zombies decompose at a normal rate? Like, are they still decomposing out of the ground? Or do they stop decomposing? Is, like, eating people stop that? I think you're asking too many realistic questions. Uh, well, not just, not just about the walking dead. This <laughs> well, you're also maybe asking the wrong group of people. Don't you guys I think, all the, I think it all depends on the... I think we all watch it as... The version of region. Because, like, I've read somewhere, like, during the winter, they just all freeze up and they're just frozen solid. With zombies? Yeah. Yeah. Right. They're, not, they're just hanging out outside. Right, right, right. In the winter, you can run free. Like, if a zombie's walking and approaching a hill, would they attempt to walk the hill and then realize, wow, oh, this is really hard, and just kind of go around it? So if you sat on the top of the hill, would you be safe forever? And the fiction, you write whatever. It's all made up. What? What? Man. You've shattered you everything. Ruined it. You've ruined the whole thing. <laughs> why do we bother if it's all just made up? Sorry, sorry listeners, for my zombie question. I, mean, I have not seen all of the Walking Dead TV shows. Have you read all the comics? I've read all the comics. But they seem to be variable in terms of how much... Like, I don't think it's fair to judge one zombie. Judge depends all much, zombies by, the zombie on the actions of one zombie. Honestly, you shouldn't stereotype the zombies. Much like before they were zombies. Like it's, you shouldn't pigeonhole these right. Some of them are stronger than others. That's, Some that's of them an interesting question. Have more gumption to walk up hills? I yeah. Don't, do you, do you feel like you're pigeonholed in your career as, like, you are known as X and that's it as in comics? Yeah. Yes? For yeah. Sure. But you write, you draw. Yeah. Like, but like, nobody you know. knows what I do. So you're not pigeonholed because nobody even knows what you're doing. I think I'm, I, I feel to a certain degree pigeonholed as a guy that draws Spongebob comics. Okay. Whatever that means. Does it mean I do other licensed comics? It could. Yes. But I don't think anybody sees me as a guy who does superhero things. Right. Or does, you know, things outside of what I do. Right. To the point where when Jacob and I did X-Babies, and we were doing the small promotion we did for it, we were on a, a, a talk show podcast thing, when they said, what else are you guys working on? And this was when G-Man and Cape Crisis were coming out. We both had backups in it. Mm-hmm. And then we explained that we had backups in the back of this thing. Like, these guys couldn't process that we each were doing our own separate backup. Right. Like, that I was writing and drawing something, and Jacob was writing and drawing something. Right. They just assumed I was writing. I was the writer, and Jacob was the artist. Sure. That's on them for not maybe doing five seconds of research. Right. Typing our names into, into the internet. Uh, but I think, in general, I am I am perceived as the guy who draws SpongeBob comics or the guy that does this podcast. Right. I mean, people who listen to this, I don't know if they know what my work is like. What your artwork looks like. Yeah. Some might. Interesting. 
you ever do you ever run into like a wall where like you pitch something as a writer and like you know like you're a drawer? I don't you do a lot of pitching. Oh, okay. I assume the same over there. Not, not a lot of pitching going on. Just not a lot of pitching. I think a lot of people still ask me if I ever draw adults. Like, can you can you draw adults? Everything is kids, right? You, everything you do is kids. I've been drawing a web comic for three years called Tales from the Con. It yeah. pretty much exclusively has adults in it. But there are adult major characters in your own G-Man Yeah, and, and it's also a big tip-off that they've never read my books right. when they ask me that question. But um, that's a form of pigeonholing, I think. Yeah. I mean, that said, you're right. The fact that nobody really knows what I do can put me in a position to do anything. Sure. Um, it, it's It's... It's an interesting thing I, I realized years ago in terms of illustration work. Mm-hmm. If I were to try and get illustration work, I don't exactly know how to do it because I don't have a definitive style that I work in. Right. You're a, more of a chameleon. I can, yeah, I yeah. can change accordingly because right. I've done so much licensed stuff. Right. But I think art directors want to know what they're going to get. Sure. And, you know, that's a different, that's a different can of worms. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at children's books and stuff. I'm like, oh, I could probably mimic... Something like that. Sure. But those people didn't get hired because they were mimicking anything. They got hired because the art director hiring for that book liked that work and hired it for that purpose. Right. But so, they might have arranged outside of that. They might yeah, they might. Specifically, like, you know, showing that just to get that gig. There's this card, there's this, this woman named Eleanor Davis mm-hmm. who I've recently uh, become more aware of. She's great. She did this book called Secret Science Alliance and she did stuff for Fairytale Comics and Nursery Rhyme Comics. Mm-hmm. But then the stuff on our website is completely different. It's like right. fine art. Right. It's, it's very uh, interesting looking. And I would be curious to know if, if somebody like that feels pigeonholed or not. Right. And I guess pigeonholed is, you can be pigeonholed by not having a, a, a go-to. Sure. In the same way that, say, Chris might feel pigeonholed because he draws the way he draws. And for that reason, nobody's going to ask him to draw Batman. But nobody's asking me to draw Batman. Right. And if I'd like I was, to think I could draw Batman. If I was uh, a person that made decisions about who to hire for Batman, I would never hire me to draw Batman. Right. Anyway, I wouldn't even... Exp- I wouldn't say that that's a matter of being pigeonholed. I would just... No, but if there was... I think, I think if they did... The way you draw adults, you're better at drawing stuff than you think you are. I think you draw a pretty cool Batman comic. Sure. Given the right tone and I the right... I just want to get the word pigeonhole in here like another ten times because I think we're about to break some kind of record. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what it means. I and mean, it's one of those things where you say it enough times. Like, what... How it's, a, they... it's, like a, it's like a hole. Yeah. You put a pigeon in. And pigeons are gross. So it's a gross place to be. And it's yeah. like the pigeon's stuck there? He can't get well, out. It's yeah. the shape of a pigeon. You couldn't put anything else oh, into it. Oh, like, like, like crash through a wall. You could probably yeah. fit a dove in there. How come nobody says no, a dove dove's hole? too big. Yeah. Dove's too big. Hawk hold? Hawk hold. It's a big hole. But if you're a hawk, you want to be in there. I think hawks want to fly free, man. Take that mask off and fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, they do wear the little masks. Yeah, on purpose. They yeah. choose to. The falcons. falcons. That's it. It's falcons yeah. wear masks. Hawks are just hawks are, being hawks. Yeah, hawks just have hair. They've got those. Yeah, they just have hair. You know what? Because <laughs> I, I get like, I, I'm Chris, not, Chris not, just said, you know what? It was yeah, a yeah. real dramatic pause. Yeah. But then, I got nothing. You're really bringing the heat this time, buddy. Yeah, come on. This just gets worse and worse. What Sorry. are you talking about? I apologize. Come on. 
just said I'm bringing the heat. Yeah. All right. That was not sarcastic. No. That was completely <laughs> sincere. I thought it was 100% sarcastic. That was completely sincere, bro. I get gigs as like a writer. Apology accepted. And there are people that only know me as like a writer. And then I get gigs where I draw, and it's always like a weird head scratch. Like, you draw too? Like, that yeah. kind of thing. So I don't know if it's just like I don't do enough work frequently in one thing to like get known as one thing. I don't necessarily feel pigeonholed as anything. I feel like I can get work. You know, it's only also your name. It's so generic. Yeah, Yeah. so basic that you could be three different Brian Smiths. Nobody would even put those things together. You need to get a middle name. I do have a middle name. You need to get one. Okay, I should get. I'll get a new one. (laughs) Brian, the the only. (laughs) That's pretty good. (laughs) I'm just curious to see if anybody else felt like you know you wanted to be doing something else or like you felt like you had. Uh, a voice in another arena, and you just couldn't get there because people are like, "You only do this." Well, I mean, this. that's what I mean. Aside from the fact that I've always wanted to self-publish, it's yeah. why I'm self-publishing. Right, is the fact that the things I want to do, either I can't get anybody to listen to me, right, or nobody wants to do them. Sure. So I'm doing them myself. Yeah. And right. you know, it's funny. I went so to do all this. I, I started. I formed a, an actual business identity, and to do that, you you open a bank account. Right. And I go into open this business account, give them the information, and the the woman who's setting it all up is like, "So how much do you, how much do you expect to make in the next year, next six months?" Yeah. I'm like, "Nothing." Yeah. And she looks at me. She goes, "No, don't be so negative. Like, don't be negative. <laughs> what do you mean? It's exciting." And I'm like, "No, no, it's publishing. It's self-publishing. Yeah. The comic book starring a teenage girl. This is just, I expect to make no money. Yeah. Like, this is a hose string money. Yeah. Out the world. Yeah. This is how all long, this money. How long out. did you have to?" have this discussion before she accepted your answer uh i think every now and again she would she would again repeat the notion of like oh no you, you don't know what could happen you were convincible i was i was not changing my mind i knew what the realities were of what i was venturing into so did she let you put the answer down yeah the, yeah, okay. yeah so you would be like the enemy of convincible You'd be walking off the panel. I'd be, like your I'd, hand be I'd be intractable. Yeah, talk to the hand. Yeah. I don't believe a word of it. You know, we're just giving Mark Wade a bunch of new titles. Yeah, for all his, <laughs> his books. <laughs> Isn't there a Mark Wade character in the Aya oh yeah, comics? Yeah, I think he's a crab or something. Okay, right? Funny. Crawfish, yep. something like that. But yeah. Anyway, that that whole exchange at the bank reminded me of things I've heard comedians also say when they have to explain to people what they do. Yeah. Particularly Jen Kirkman. Hey, you guys didn't talk about things you like. Jacob, Chris, things you like. Jacob, you go first. Now you go first. Come on, guys. You don't like anything? I know you like things. Name one thing I like. I Seem Fun, the Diary of Jen Kirkman podcast. All right. I like that. Yeah, but why should I have to tell you that? Jeez, spaghettis. You like spaghettis. The food? <laughs> That's right. I like hamburgers. I like hot dogs. I like yeah. ice cream cones. Ice cream cones are I good. I like tacos. I love tacos. Right, I like pizza. Yeah. Okay. How, how? <laughs> <laughs> See, but you, you'll edit that out. You'll edit. Just keep it. It'll be funnier. Yeah. <laughs> beep it. I can put the explicit thing. Yeah. yeah <laughs> beep it. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah, that was good. Awesome. You feel very strongly about it. Sorry. <laughs> They're number two on my list of things I like. I know, I know. They're really good, but are they really bad for you? I think everything can be bad for you. You could drown in two inches of water, you know. 
I like the Jen Kirkman podcast because she talks about situations that she's in where nobody understands her. I feel like that's something I can relate to. Yeah. And even the things that she's saying as she's explaining it, like I feel like I understand that. I've, I've experienced that sort of thing before. I know that half, most everyone else listening to her would just be, want, their impulse would be to argue against her. Say, no, you're wrong because of this. Well, as somebody that also listens, I think I think the people that stick with it and listen agree, like understand it. All right, I think that's. But I guess it also reflects like every time I try to explain something, the it, it just makes me want to just stop talking altogether, which is evidence on this podcast, right? Yeah. It's definitely, like I should not have gone. I shouldn't have answered any of the stuff at the top of the show. I disagree. I think people who listen to this. They're going to say, like he's you? so negative, no. I can't believe it, he's real, he's such a pessimist. I think they'll either be no, laughing. No wonder he's not successful, like, I think that's the reason, thing. he's his own enemy, he's the only one, only person holding him back is him. That's what I think everyone is likely Listen, to. I, can, I am actively holding Chris Russo back at every turn, so don't blame yourself, no, blame no. me. Look, let the record show, Smitty has actively helped me. So you think. As has Greg and Jacob. But... You know, they may have for real. I no, there, there I'm, are, not, I'm not accusing anybody here of holding me back or anybody else of holding me. I'm just saying. No, we all have circumstances here, that here's are. Here's another five, good five minutes you could just take right out of the show. <laughs> <laughs> all of us have obstacles that are, that are in the way, yeah. which is re- redundant because that's what an obstacle is. I should have just stopped after, after the word obstacles. Some of my obstacles are off to the side. We're an hour and a half. An yeah. hour and a half. Let's pull the plug. Yeah, we can pull the plug. Everybody's hungry, right? If you cut out everything I said, it'll probably take it down to an hour, and you're good to go. He's still <laughs> we're, talking. We're over. It's over. He's still talking. I don't know what the musical cue is going to be. What song do we end on? Drum roll, please. Oh, you guys are killing this shot, thing. please. <laughs> it's a rim shot without his symbols is useless. Just a rim, no shot. Let's go have lunch. So there you go. That was that was our talk about success, about cookies and milk, sketching, so much stuff. It's funny listening back to it and and making the edits I made. I couldn't help but think how it's very possible that we fit into some sort of Winnie the Pooh archetypes. Obviously, Chris in this instance, and I'm not saying this is all the time, but certainly in this hour and a half or hour and twenty minutes you just listened to, he's a Eeyore. On some level, I come off as a bit of a rabbit. Smitty might be Tigger, which lucky him. Uh, he had the, he seemed to have the most energy. I'm not sure if, if Jacob is a poo or a piglet. And those are some peas that are coming through strong on this microphone, I'm sure. What do you think? Is Jacob a poo or a piglet or another Winnie the Pooh character? I have not. Is he owl? Am I owl? Am I owl or am I rabbit? Do any of you care? I don't know. But you can let me know by going to StuffSaidShow.com, which you may already be at listening to this, and leaving a comment or emailing me at StuffSaid at gmail.com or saying something nice to me on Twitter at Greg Schiegel, G-R-E-G-G-S-C-H-I-G-I-E-L. 
which is different. It used to be at Stuff Said Show. I changed it to at Greg Shegel. If you go to at Stuff Said Show, there's one tweet there, and it will tell you to go to at Greg Shegel. So know that. You can also listen to the show through iTunes, and I encourage everybody to leave reviews on iTunes. Give me five stars, please, and, and leave a comment, because apparently... That helps the show get noticed by other people. And that's kind of uh, one of the goals here is for people to listen to this thing. So if you're, if you're stuck for a review, if you don't know what to write, write something. Okay, write, this podcast is like airplane cookies. That will make no sense, but it's relevant. See? One of those things. So yeah, and... Take it from there. I don't know. Or, or write whatever you want. I'm not I'm not forcing your hand. I'm just asking you to write something nice or nonsensical. The show is also available at acmewaveprojector.com, part of the Acme Wave Projector network of shows. That was real official-like. I think I'm going a little delirious, folks, because I'm recording this in my unair-conditioned apartment. I had to turn the fan off so that it would sound better. And I might be uh, losing my mind. So there's that. The show's theme song is provided and performed by Craig Chin, who is at rudeanagrams.com. And, oh, something else about the website. See, I told you I'm losing my mind. There's extra stuff there, bonus stuff. I'm going to throw up some bonus clips. Some extra conversation that just didn't really have a place in in the flow. So I, I bumped it out. So you'll hear that. Uh, so yeah, Craig Chin, theme song. For more about me, Greg Shegel, check out HatterEntertainment.com. H-A-T-T-E-R Entertainment.com. That's about all the stuff I have left to say. See you next time. No, this was a good talk, guys. I disagree. I wish I did not show up for this. I... <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of this podcast. Another Chris Russo's Downer Fest. I wish this podcast was a cookie that I could crumble and throw away. You don't throw away cookies. We've already established. Call it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>